0: Cancer Advances, a Cleveland Clinic podcast for medical professionals, exploring the latest innovative research and clinical advances in the field of oncology. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cancer Advances. I'm your host, Dr. Dale Shepard, a medical oncologist here at Cleveland Clinic overseeing our toxic phase one and sarcoma programs. Today, I'm happy to be joined by Dr. Jack Corey, a hematologist oncologist at Cleveland Clinic who specializes in rare plasma cell disorders. He was here previously to talk about poems, and that episode is still available for you to listen to. Today is here to talk to us about cell CAR-T cell therapy, effective in multiple myeloma among patients with comorbidities. So, Jack, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, Dale. Good to be here.
0: So maybe uh, to start, you've been here before. Remind us a little bit about what you do here at Cleveland Clinic.
1: Yeah, so I'm one of the uh, hematologists, oncologists here at TOSIG. I mostly treat patients with plasma cell disorders, so multiple myeloma, amyloidosis, and other rare plasma cell disorders. I also do bone marrow transplantation, CAR T-cell therapy, and apheresis procedures.
0: Excellent. Well, we're going to focus a little bit on that CAR T part, and maybe we'll delve a little bit about other things you're interested in with for, for treatment. But um, to start off, um, we're going to talk about this cell CAR T-cell therapy and multiple myeloma. So. Maybe just start off, to remind us a little bit, we've had some episodes, we've talked about CAR-T therapy. Just give us a really brief, broad overview. What is CAR-T cell therapy?
1: Right, so CAR-T cell therapy is chimeric antigen um, cell ther- receptor T cell therapy. Basically, we try to engineer the patient's own immune cells, their own T cells, make them smarter at fighting the cancer in their own body. So it's just harnessing the power of the immune system. Uh, the way we do it is we collect the patient's own T cells, with leukapheresis. And then we manufacture the cells. Um, we currently have two products approved for multiple myeloma, Idacel cell, or idocaptogene biclusal, and there's another product that's also approved. And then after the cells are manufactured, you know, they, they are shipped back and they are infused into the patient after a little bit of chemotherapy. Uh, so this is a kind of immunotherapy, it's cell-based though.
0: Excellent. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about there's a, there was a trial that was uh, sort of looking at patient selection, if I recall. It's a it was a, a something called the Karma trial. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: So the Karma study um, is a pivotal study that led to the FDA approval of um, idecabtagene vicleucel. The study um, included about 120 patients um, with heavily pretreated multiple myeloma. So a lot of these patients had already exhausted a lot of the standard of care options. Um so uh those patients had their CAR T cells collected and manufactured and then they had them infused and the majority of these patients responded and had you know great responses so more than 70% of the patients responded uh, the progression free survival was close to 9 months for the majority of the patients um so the, you know CAR T cell therapy works obviously but it w- you know the responses have not been as durable as we thought so it's still not a cure as you know, we're seeing with some of the lymphoma CAR-Ts, but this is a great option for our patients who have had a lot of treatments.
0: I guess, um, do we have any sort of early thoughts in terms of why they're not as durable for this population?
1: Yeah, so there is a lot of work that's currently being done on the mechanisms of resistance, and some of the thoughts are that the CAR-T cells are not really persistent in some of these patients. You know, there's some senescence that happens, Another thought is that you know the myeloma cell gets very resistant. They, you know it comes up with all kinds of uh, biological approaches to kind of resist the, the car T cells. So it's it's been mostly just the you know resistance of the myeloma cell and potentially lack of persistence of the of the T cells.
0: And, so, and as you mentioned, these are all pretty heavily pretreated patients. Correct. And so the, the approval of the drug is for that population specifically.
1: Correct. more than four lines of treatment. Um, are is the current approval by the FDA. So a lot of treatments before we can get people to CAR-T, unless on clinical trials.
0: Now, CAR-T as a, as a therapy, particularly lymphoma, has been around for a little while now. Is, that, is it becoming more widespread in its, its sort of availability, or is it pretty still pretty uh, specialized therapy?
1: So we used to have a lot of issues with slot allocation for CAR-T cell manufacturing you know, many centers did not have it. Even centers like us, we were not really allocated enough slots to manufacture CAR T-cells. That's getting better. Um, you know, pharma companies, they have more slots. They're offering more slots currently for our patients. So that's great. Um, and I think more centers are acquiring CAR T-cell therapy um, capabilities currently. So I think that, you know, it sounds like more centers are having CAR T-cells you know, at this time, and we are having more slots being allocated to the majority of the centers. So there is more access for sure. And that's been in the span of the past month or so. So a lot of progress in that area.
0: That's excellent. So tell me a little bit about the retrospective study that you were involved with.
1: As you know, Dale, with a lot of the FDA approvals that we have, it's always good to take a look at what we're doing in the real world to make sure it matches up with the clinical trials. So that's what we did. We formed a consortium, Uh, with 11 other centers in the U.S., and we looked at our data. You know, we had about 150 patients that were infused with gene viclusum in the real-world setting, and we tried to study their outcomes. What was really important to note from that study was that 75% of the patients that were given CAR T-cell in the real-world setting would not have been eligible in clinical trials for CAR T-cell therapy. So three quarters of the people that we treat in our daily life with CAR T-cell therapy would not have been eligible for clinical trials with CAR T-cell therapy, which was really, it was just very interesting to learn that. And those people were not eligible because, you know, their performance status was not adequate for the study or, you know, their kidney function would not have been up to par. They, They had cytopenias like a low neutrophil count or low platelets that would have precluded them from going on study. Um, so it, it's great to learn that, you know, a lot of patients that would have been excluded from clinical trials you can actually treat them in real world. And, you know, the CAR T cell therapy was really safe for those patients. They did not really have more toxicities and it was pretty effective for a lot of the patients that we treated on, you know, in the real world setting. So that's that's encouraging, which is which is why I always tell people, you know, in the region and elsewhere to always refer patients to us, even if they think they don't really look as fit as they think they would for CAR T cell therapy because, you know, a lot of these patients would end up actually being listed for CAR T and would get um, the therapy.
0: So I guess it's somewhat striking that, you know, 75% of patients wouldn't have been on the trial. So, I mean, it kind of speaks to um, not only how you can use the drug once it's available, but even earlier to trial design and just, you know, imagine how much faster a trial could accrue if they had less restrictive um, criteria. How many things are we keeping from patients that might benefit from them?
1: Exactly. And this is where the field is going. A lot of the trials currently on CAR-T are using CAR-T in the earlier lines of treatment, even in the first-line setting, where people's bone marrow is healthier, um, they're not as sick, you know, their performance status is better. So we're hoping that in the next year or so, CAR-T cell will be approved for the um, earlier lines of treatment.
0: I mean, I guess anytime you get New therapies, and particularly expensive therapies, um, there's sometimes a little more scrutiny from insurance companies. Um, Has there been pushback for for that, or is it pretty easily overcomeable?
1: Not really. It's been very easy to get, you know, CAR-T approved, as long as you follow the actual indication, you know, after four lines of treatment. Um, But yeah, it's been, we have not really been getting pushback from insurance companies, thankfully.
0: Um, Of the factors you mentioned, performance status, kidney function, cytopenia, age, are there any of those that that you, give you most pause when you see patients? So, if, if someone is referring in a patient, is there is there one factor over another that that might end up maybe leading you not to go down a CAR T path?
1: Yeah, uh, the the main thing has been kidney function for me, and this is because we have to give lymphodepleting chemotherapy to a lot of these patients before uh, CAR T cell therapy, and this is mostly to kind of you know make sure that the cells. Um, expand after infusion. It's more for the immunosuppressive role of lymphodepletion. Um, And some of the drugs that we give for that are renally excreted, and being on dialysis can be a problem. So, uh, you know, potentially, you know, kidney dysfunction um, and being on dialysis have been uh, the ones that I've been looking at the most in terms of saying no to CAR T-cell therapy. Um, Otherwise, cytopenias have not been an issue. Um, performance status, you know, unless the if the patient can walk, even if they're 83, we can still consider it. And the, the upper range on the on the age in the study was 83. So there was, you know, a patient who was 83 that got treated. The one, uh, the oldest patient that we've had here was 80. Um and he's done great. And this is one of the case studies that we submitted for consult QD, uh, where uh you know the, the patient did very well and he's a year out from his and he's still in remission, never had any toxicities or anything. He was a, a really fit 80 year old, didn't have any organ problems and organ dysfunction, and he did very well.
0: When we think about, especially when you're using uh, some of these more complex therapies, and you're kind of outside the, the PI norms, if you will, um, is there more of a hesitancy on the patient part to, to get these therapies or on a provider to, to send patients to you?
1: No, it's not on the patient's part. It's always on the on the provider. I feel um, patients actually they're they're very excited about CAR T. They know about it and they ask their docs to refer them. Um, I think you know we're seeing more and more referrals. So I think this you know stigma is kind of um, um, it's kind of fading away. Um, so hopefully we'll see more and more referrals with time.
0: I mean, how do how do you think studies like this? These retrospective experiences, which, you know, 150 patients is, is pretty significant for uh, this kind of therapy. Um, do you think there's a hope that this will affect how future trials are designed?
1: Yes, I do think um, there will be hope. And we're already talking to pharma about, you know, study design for future studies. And we are trying to drop some of the um, inclusion criteria and exclusion criteria that could preclude a lot of patients. Now, the, the good thing is CAR-T cell therapy will be moving ahead in the myeloma paradigm. So we will be treating people with CAR-T anyway in the earlier lines of treatment. But yes, we are. I, I always talk to Pharma about it whenever I meet with them. And we, we talk about, you know, what are we talking about in terms of future trials? What are some things that you don't want to see in our design? And and we talk about all those things. And they seem to be, you know, open to change. Uh, it will take time, but I think we are heading in that way.
0: Excellent. I guess um, you say there's currently two therapies that are available uh, moving into earlier lines. What, what are the, the other exciting things in either CAR T or cellular therapies for myeloma? What, what's exciting you right now?
1: Right, so in myeloma, we uh, currently target BCMA on the surface of the uh, myeloma cells with CAR T cell therapy. There are other CAR T cell therapies out there that are targeting different proteins on the surface of the myeloma cell. So those will be really good for people after they relapse after BCMA-targeted CAR T cell therapy. So different targets for CAR T cell therapy. Um, These are very exciting. Another exciting realm in myeloma care currently is bispecific antibodies. We've already had one bispecific antibody approved by the FDA. That happened last year. Um, And that's another option for our patients, especially those with the fast disease tempo who cannot really wait for CAR T cell collection and manufacturing that we have to do something right now for their disease. This is off the shelf and easy to to give with very similar responses to CAR T cells. We also have another bispecific antibody that will hopefully be approved later this year that targets a different target. So we do have a lot of CAR T cell products in the making, uh, BCMA targeting and other targets. And we have bispecific antibodies that are very promising and we already have one um, approved by the FDA.
0: And it just gives us a rough idea. You mentioned it earlier, and then you've mentioned it again. What, what kind of time frame are we thinking about? So see a patient in clinic, you need a therapy. Hey, how about CAR-T? When can you get them treated typically?
1: It used to be um, a waiting list. We used to have a waiting list where people would wait months to get to CAR-T. But now it's getting better in terms of access and slot allocation. So if I were to see somebody today, you know, then... And the next month or so, we can collect their cells. So it's getting a little bit easier to get people to collection. It used to take three months to four months before, but now it's getting better. So I would say a month um, or so. It's
0: a pretty significant change.
1: Yeah, and it, it happened the span of a month or so. It's it's all new this transition. So we're really hopeful that we'll get people access, you know, faster than before.
0: Excellent. When we think about these therapies, certainly we we talked about how. Um, we don't need to be as as concerned about some of these factors like age and performance status. Do you think we're going to find any factors that are more or less likely to lead to resistance or people who might need a retreatment? Or right, how how does uh, the world work in terms of patient selection?
1: I think the main thing will be prior treatment. So currently, we have BCMA targeted CAR T cell therapy approved in myeloma. So anybody who had prior BCMA-targeted therapy, they tend to have suboptimal responses to CAR-T cell therapy. So I think the main thing that's really important to note is prior BCMA-targeted therapy before CAR-T is something there, you know, where I have to stop and really think about whether I do need to to do CAR-T or not. Because we do know that the responses tend to be more suboptimal and less durable if you do CAR-T cell therapy after prior BCMA-targeted therapy. As I said, kidney function is something that's really important. You know, currently prior BCMA targeted therapy is, you know, where I have to stop and really think about whether I need to do CAR T cells or not.
0: Gotcha. But it sounds like the most important take-home message is if there's a patient who you think might even remotely think is, uh, is a candidate, get them evaluated. Correct. Well, it, it sounds like a really exciting field, sounds like lots of exciting things going on as usual, th- you know, how do we use the therapies in the best way? Thanks for our, your great insight today.
1: Thank you, thanks for having me.
0: To make a direct online referral to our Toxic Cancer Institute, complete our online cancer patient referral form by visiting clevelandclinic.org cancerpatientreferrals. You will receive confirmation once the appointment is scheduled. This concludes this episode of Cancer Advances. You will find additional podcast episodes on our website, clevelandclinic.org canceradvancespodcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget, you can access real-time updates from Cleveland Clinic's Cancer Center experts on our ConsultQD website at consultqd.clevelandclinic.org cancer. Thank you for listening. Please join us again soon.